You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us all on the show. Today, we have a great episode, but before we get to that, uh, we want to remind you to hit us up on all the social media outlets that you can find us on. You can find us on the uh, Instagram, Talking Wrestling Podcast on the Instagram, on the Twitter, at TNWPod on Twitter. Send us a Gmail at Talking Wrestling at gmail.com and uh, on facebook we're we're in a progression of getting there and getting the page finalized but it's up and running right now the first uh i think 13 or 14 episodes are up there on the facebook page talking wrestling uh check that out as well also remember to uh rate review subscribe if you're on the itunes and remember if you leave a five star rating and a favorable review we will send you an 80s wrestler postcard from the 1984 and before um so this is pre hulkamania so you know wrestlers aren't as glossy as they are (laughs) when you get the junkyard dog he doesn't have fancy outfit he's just wearing jogging pants all right you have to remember these things so don't get upset when you get uh, dusty Rhodes and he looks like adrian adonis from when he was in the awa (laughs) tag teaming with jesse ventura these are just the way it's gonna at one time dusty Rhodes looked like a leather daddy so these are the postcards you will get and also um I'll tell you, join us next week. I'll tell you next week, our guest is going to be Jimmy Corderas, the uh, SmackDown referee, WWE referee for over 20 years and host of Aftermath. Also, in April, we have Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming. And uh, let me tell you, I'm looking forward to doing that podcast and asking him if it's true. If he did have 18 double vodka and orange juices at the Via Deli in Ottawa and then went across the street and wrestled the Iron Sheik. I need to know the answers. <laughs> Folks, today we've got a great show. Two very funny comedians I have in studio with me. Uh, well, first of all, we have Jen Cicado, who's here. Thank you, Jen. Hello. And Patrick Hakeem, who's also with hey, us. What's going on? And nothing. Uh, I'm glad you guys are on the show. I've worked with both of these guys at the corner, um, which is in downtown Toronto. A uh, very cool comedy club. But one night I saw Jen doing her act, and she did an act about her. She's like talking about her boyfriend and she was saying something along the lines of how much wrestling is too much wrestling for one guy (laughs) to watch in one day and i think the you said the answer is not 19 hours or something like that and i thought it was very funny and then i thought about who that boyfriend was and then immediately i thought i i want to get you to eventually on the podcast to to uh discuss you know what it's like being a couple that are not only in comedy but at the same time you're obsessed with wrestling and i'm guessing you're not obsessed with wrestling i i'm not obsessed with wrestling um but i do watch it i enjoy it i just want to clarify something the 19 straight hours of wrestling he watched or wanted to was on our transnational holiday in Asia. Yes. What are you going to do on the train or the airport? That's what the network is there for. What are you talking about? You woke up early in the coolest cities in in like Hong Kong. You're like, got to watch 
It was a pay-per-view. Jeez. Oh, I thought it was all... I thought you were immersing yourselves within the Asian cultures, and I thought you were watching New Japan. We, we did see New Japan Live. Went, yeah. You went, saw New Japan Live? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Oh, we my God. We saw Destruction in Kobe 2016. Well, okay. So, what was that like? So, let's just start there. What was that like? being uh, a North American within that crowd. Like, they don't make noise. No, no, they don't. They clap, they applaud, like, big sequences, like, guys going against the ropes and then, like, one hip toss and they're like, yeah! Yeah. Isn't that insane? Don't yeah. you just want to yell something out? It's weird. I, I felt like I was like, I couldn't stand and, and be reckless there. Like, I had to be respectful. There, there was a point. video. Uh, but before the matches started, there's a video being like, this is how you behave. Etiquette, etiquette, be nice. Dear Americans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's all like Japanese people in, in, the, in the clip, in the yeah. video for etiquette. And then... A big fat white guy being rowdy and eating and talking and everything. Yeah. Like, oh my all God. right, we might as well just been given a private, uh, you know, lesson before. But we the best thing here. was like, so Kobe is kind of like a a smaller city that's like outside of Tokyo, Osaka, Osaka. Sorry, and uh, the Tokyo pimp came out, Bullet Club. Yeah, he comes out with these two like very Godfather esque. Comes out with like these two women in robes, and then they start. Yeah, they're stripping. like playmates. So nobody. And I'm freaking out here, and I'm laughing because it's so uncomfortable. It's 10,000 people. No one is screaming in the least bit. They're all just watching these women gyrate on the ropes. Yeah. And all I see is silence and just screens, Phones. phone screens, like they're yeah. videotaping Oh, they're videotaping it, but it all. zero reaction. Yeah. It was one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that but, is. Very nice. I watch your data. <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I will cheer later. But they definitely got into it more in terms of like cheering and going crazy at, like as the night went on as like the main event. Yeah, after the, it's I feel it's the more they drink, the more they cut loose. So by the time the main event came, it was Mike Elgin versus uh, uh NATO for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, and that's a great match. It was a great match. That's when they started talking shit. Like they were screaming, they were going for NATO so much. I mean, of course. even though he was a face, uh, uh, Michael Elgin, they were just like, "No, not you today." No, NATO, one hundred percent. We've heard of the allegations, Mister Elgin. Yeah. Not now. <laughs> no, this is. He's had allegations, and his career has kind of vanished. Sexual? Yeah. Oh. It, not necessarily him. I think it's it's mostly that he knew something that was going on, and, in and, his and he school. just didn't do. It was anything. in his wrestling school or something like that. Oh. Yeah. So now he's kind of blackballed for not doing anything about that's it. what ha- that's what happened to Tupac. yeah that's how he went to jail he knew it was going on but he did nothing to stop it right that's why he went to jail because it was his room and it happened on his watch so i've learned from the movie all lies on me. <laughs> <laughs> recently watched on netflix Netflix, yeah, yeah well la- who knows maybe there will be the the story of michael elgin or whoever the the wrestler was who i'm 100 yeah. percent probably not probably no no not. michael elgin's more likely to show up at smash wrestling yeah. here in toronto they uh, actually threw him off the show he was supposed to be on their december like uh monthly show and they they unwelcomed him and they put a big statement out oh wow, wow. yeah well, good for Smash. Yeah, I'm impressed. Because yeah. I don't think he's been on, uh, like, I didn't show up in Super Kicked or anywhere else. So, but I noticed Japan is still booking him. So, yeah, I feel like he'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. There's eventually there, there's two sides to every story, and people will get booked regardless to the people that won't book them. There's still plenty of people that will book them, right? Right. So, it's, it's the same story in comedy. So, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's everywhere. This is everywhere. Uh-huh. So, that's great that you were over there. How long was the show? The show was about, I'd say like two and a half hours. Yeah. Three maybe. 
And the seats were small and I was about 30 pounds heavier. <laughs> and I, by the main event, I was like, I couldn't sit. They were very, very small. They're not American, North American friendly seats well, over there. Well, can we tell them? What? So, Patrick developed a mysterious allergy while we were in Asia. Okay. And it, he basically broke out into like painful, itchy hives. Just Ooh. like at random after eating, go- like we we didn't we so couldn't I had like a bag it. of chips at this at Kobe, and I started breaking out into hives. Yeah, but like localized uh, under his waistband. So much so that I was like, we gotta leave, and I left in the middle of like Elgin versus Nato. Yeah, and it was, it was in a lot of and pain. I was just like, I, I gotta go. I can't. Oh my this. god. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can't even. I remember the last raw that came to Toronto. I did all these cards or not cards, just like little pamphlets to promote the podcast. And I went down early and I handed out 300 of them to all the fans that show up early. Because the fans that show up super early are the, you know, they're the ones most likely to listen. They're right. there three 100%. hours early. So I'm handing it out, handing it out. But I also had bad migraines. And by the time Raw started, uh, throughout that three-hour performance, I had vomited oh, three different trips to the washroom where I was like vomiting. Oof. And uh, still, and like the, the explosions, everything going off, not not, you know. And I'd stuck through it because I felt like I had a job to do and I just got to suck it up and I'll, you know, only another two hours and I'll be in bed, you know, and everything will be okay. And then I'll go through this again with SmackDown and hopefully feel better. But so I thought I did it. And then uh, the next smash card I went to, I brought my roommate, Jeff McHenry with me and he has epilepsy. And when we're sitting, he's like, yeah, I got to go. That light keeps flashing and it's going <laughs> to trigger me off. Wow. And I can't, and I'm like, you're a fucking pussy. I puked three times through raw with a migraine. I'm comparing a migraine to epilepsy yeah. at this point. Here's some sunglasses. Why yeah. don't you chill out? <laughs> yeah, I was totally in the wrong. But at the same time, I'm like trying to tell him to man up. Like, hey, how about we sit in a different spot where that strobe light's not pointed at us? You know, right. like. There has to be some compromise. We're only halfway through the card. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm just saying one of us will do anything for wrestling. And the other one, well, he is the network. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't enjoy swallowing his own tongue. You know what I mean? No, no, no. He's, I think he's vegan. Um, so, he wouldn't <laughs> even like do Jen. that. It's like Jen. Jen is vegan. No, Jeff is not. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he might be vegan. I don't think he eat meat that often. So, no. But He's smart. Yeah, he's a mac and cheese guy, but I know you say cheese is not vegan, but when it's powder, is it? Yeah. Could be. Hey, is it true that Sami Zayn's vegan? Sami Zayn is vegan. Look at that. Sami Zayn is vegan. Daniel Bryan is vegan. Austin Aries is so vegan that he, even if he wins a title, it has to be remade into vegan leather. Oh, that's I why like he never that. won the cruiserweight. That's why he exactly why he never won the cruiserweight. I was wondering. I was like, come on, they gotta have a title switch wow. over here. This guy's amazing. Yeah. Apparently, they they wanted to put it on it on him, and he said, "Are you guys willing to make the the belt vegan, vegan leather?" And Vince isn't like Vince thinks Vince Daniel Bryan's like- weak because he's not. A vegan, uh, you know, I mean, because he is together, a vegan. Man. Like, you know. I know that CM Punk was a vegan for a while. Yes, but then because he couldn't get a lot of the catering, he just broke again. Like I, I remember hearing that. So a lot of superstars then now that are like super like into. Taking but I think that's also why he also started to, like touring within his own like van. Like his right. own tour van, so he can prepare all of his meals and have his fridge and have all of his meals there. About so later punk, in his career, right? yeah, Punk, yeah, and Cena too. Cena's another guy. Uh, he's not vegan, but he just likes having his things. You know, I'm sure 
you can't get that 12 year old scotch at the catering right you know where he probably has sure he's not it. even part of that whole bus ride anymore he's just uh, he's got his own bus his own plane his own everything it's funny whenever you go see them at the rico you'll see like the three or four tour buses at the back and you know one's randy orton's one's john cena's One's, you know, somebody else's. I know the big show has his own and bus then, as well. Yeah, and then the rest of them all travel by rental cars or whatever. And you can see them all leave in their rentals after the show and stuff like that. It's interesting. Actually, but- I, went, I went to elementary school with Sami Zayn's brother. And I knew, well, I mean, his name is Rami Sabai. And I knew Rami, we used to live in the same complex apartment and i knew him as like a two or three year old and for him to become a wrestler like that's the coolest thing ever like i'm so like montreal proud of this guy oh yeah yeah and especially because he made it like he also made it before uh kevin owens right yeah so like he just got injured unfortunately and they kind of put kevin owens in his spot where he would you know start to take over and did he ever run with the ball when he got it oh man that guy will never mm-hmm. stop speaking he'll just talk till he dies that's what stone cold said to him he's like don't ever stop talking don't ever stop talking right. just keep talking talk your way to the top you know it's and it works i i think it works like you look at some of the greatest wrestlers of all time they all have to have that talk right absolutely yeah so what do you think what's the first time that you realize that you can get into wrestling or that you would like wrestling jen or uh or you know that you could you can um put up with the wrestling like, was there a certain card or a moment where you saw something that you liked that you're like, okay, I can somewhat tolerate or get into this? Well, I mean, I was a teenage girl watching these, you know, okay. hunky, beefy men throw each other around on TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jen used to be a huge Ken Shamrock fan before. I don't know really? why. He's a butterface. But, uh... Well, he gets hit in the face for a living, <laughs> yeah. for starters. So. I was such Cauliflower a huge Take it easy. <laughs> Ken Shamrock nerd fan girl that I would go on the WWF yeah. message boards and my username was Jen Shamrock. You understand? Do That's- you know that he's coming through in June? I don't even care anymore. You don't even care anymore. <laughs> it's all about uh, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. There Ra- we go. Randy Orton. There's something about Randy Orton where I'm like, this guy, I mean, the body, right? And yeah. I'm like, I think he's racist, but that might be part of the attraction. I don't know. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me for sure. Um, there's actually a, a comedian named Paul F. Tompkins, and he has a yes. hilarious story about getting the crap <laughs> kicked out of him. By uh, Ken Shamrock, where Ken's like Ken's like doing like a, some kind of demonstration on him, but he like actually like hurt him for yeah. real. Have you heard that story? No. Oh, it's hilarious. I haven't heard that story. That's like blowing my mind right now. That is crazy. I think like, it's on Paul F. Tompkins' podcast. How could you disrupt someone's bow tie by putting them in a headlock? <laughs> is what I want to know. It's like he's dressed too nice to be a wrestler. <laughs> Just Shamrock yeah. snapping for no reason. Oh, yeah. and that was this whole thing, right? Uh, I remember. So I was at the Raw. The night that uh, Rick Rude was on uh, Raw and oh, Nitro, the next night and then, oh. it was two nights after, the, two weeks after the screw drop. It was the second week because it was taped in Cornwall, so it was actually two nights after. That's amazing. So a lot of the wrestlers skipped out. So they decided they're going to push Ken, Ken Shamrock, and uh, Ken Shamrock had to go out and do a promo in Cornwall, 
and he was not ready for it. And it was the and he's like, Bret Hart's my best friend, and you don't <laughs> screw Bret Hart. And it was just like so horrible. I said to my buddy, I'm like, this will not be on air next week. I guarantee it. And then sure enough, next week, <laughs> totally cut, totally mm-hmm. cut. He was horrible. But as a wrestler, like you look at. In the Calgary Stampede match, he holds his own amongst all the greatest talent that the WWE had at, the, at that time. It was like he's a, a great athlete. Yes, yeah. for me, it's like when it comes to wrestling, it's like you can be the best athlete, but for me, you need to have all the attributes to be a superstar. Like if you can't talk to talk, it's not enough. Like uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Apollo Cruz, amazing, amazing athlete. Yeah, I couldn't care less. No. No, he's smiling out of the curtain. Doesn't he has nothing to offer. It doesn't excite me. It's like his moveset is unbelievable. Yeah. But no one cares. No, mm-hmm. you're run, you're right. You're right. Like look at Kurt Angle for example. Kurt Angle, here's this Olympic champion. He knows he's going to be a draw because he's Olympic champion. But what does he do before he even starts to wrestle? He goes take some acting courses, learns how to act a little bit, and then sort of slowly goes into wrestling. So, you know, eventually he realizes that acting is a big part of wrestling and these courses do help you because, you know, when he first went in, he's told Vince McMahon, he's like, oh, now that I signed a contract, he's like, well, you know, I can never lose. Yeah. Because I'm the Olympic champion. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's, <laughs> that, that's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. You're going to lose. You'll, everybody you'll, loses. <laughs> you'll, you'll lose a lot, actually. You're going to lose big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because everybody loses, right? Like, Ronda Rousey is now a wrestler and she's got to WrestleMania to, you know, brush up on her skills and get to that level. You know, she, there's like, I think last week she walked to the ring and it was so awkward. Her, she's like this little like shuffle to the ring. I was like, what's going on here? She's so happy to be there. You can tell that she is happy to be there. And it's just like, look at like your days of getting knocked out. Not that it happened many times, but it happened twice and it was sad enough both times. It's like, those days are over. Right. You, you're going to get to make a lot of money. Yeah. And you're going to get to be the best and be on an elite level. And uh, I do got to admit, when she gave, uh, I think, Stephanie that she gave her some sort of like angle slam kind of this yeah. week. I was like, I don't know, she put Hunter through the table with like a, a, no, a double A. Anderson. That was at the elimination chamber. Yes. But then like last week on Raw, she gave Stephanie an angle slam when they announced the, the match, which is going to be Triple H and Stephanie versus Angle. Yes. And she did it with such like intensity that I was like, look, this is what I want from you. Like, I don't want to see you smile. Yeah. I don't. I want you to be this animal. Like, uh, this yeah. Like, like she was at her MMA stare down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, like when they come in for the weigh in. She didn't show yeah. up smiling she's for the way in. She's a beast. She's like, yeah. you know, she's like mean face and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That's I feel like I- she's coming in like she's like the popular new girl in school. Yeah. And it's like, uh, uh, stop smiling. You know, it's no. not homecoming. Ruining you know it. what no. I mean? Yeah. Like even when she came. Even uh, when she left last week, the ring, she drops a small drop yeah. on, on her. And then she leaves right away. And as soon as she leaves, she can't stop smiling. Oh, yeah. And it's just like. You're taking me out of it. It's yeah. like, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Rhonda, you're, you're supposed to be a stone cold killer. Beast. And she will be. She'll get that eventually. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. I think, I like, I think uh, it's a very valuable signing. And that's going to be their big WrestleMania promo. It's our first match. And right. she's going to, you know. The worst part about that segment for me on Raw with Stephanie McMahon and Rhonda Rousey was. Um, 
I don't like Stephanie's extensions. I think they're horrible. You mean her hair? Her hair. Okay. There's like, you can tell where the, where the extensions start. And that's not, and it's like, she almost has two different colors of hair right. at one point. And, you know, as somebody who's lived with a woman who is also, I had extensions and I know enough no, about no, no, extensions. No. no, I'm sorry. What? Why What's did that? you have extensions? No, I didn't have extensions. Oh. I live with Michelle Shaughnessy who oh, has extensions. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I know, like, good extensions. <laughs> Actually, Jen liked her hair on Raw this week. I did. It was, I thought she it was. Met, just, she said it. Well, she I thought it. it would look too obvious because look at her hair stops here, but her hair at her back goes right down here. See? It just looked too obvious. And I was just like, no, I even you're like. Tell, to be quite honest. Well, for know? me, it's like, you're a way better company and you should, I should not be nitpicking about your extensions. Right. And you're, sure. you're a billionaire princess, like, at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, you've grown up with money your whole life you should have proper extensions it's funny where at the where she goes to grab her by the hair and she's like grab me by the top of the hair you know like because then she grabs her wrist right so then they, they do the toss but it wasn't like you just grab her by the back of her hair and I'm like it'll all come off she'll like fling her right off but a lot of the girls in the, in the wwe wear extensions oh obviously. they all yeah. do come they on, all sir. do yeah yeah, yeah. Jen yeah. is actually in awe how their hair stays in oh all the God. time. During all yeah. the matches. It's yeah. amazing. It is amazing. Because, like, you look at, Sa- maybe Bailey doesn't, but Sasha right. Banks definitely does. 100%. Alexa Bliss, def- Alexa Bliss irons her hair before her matches. Like, uh, you've yeah. seen her backstage with her hair off. Natalia, for sure. Charlotte. Charlotte, 100%. Naomi. Naomi, yeah. Well, uh, yes. I don't think uh, Becky. Not, and uh, Ken, I mean, no, Jack. Becky does. Uh, you think Jack's, Becky does? Becky does. Yeah, they all do, come to think of it. Uh, maybe Oxa does. I think Oxa so, and Asuka. what you said, Oscar and, and Billy. And Bailey, Billy. And Bailey. <laughs> Bailey, Sweet Billy. Billy. Sweet Billy. <laughs> yeah, I've, we, I'm like, I, yeah, we've screwed up both names. But yeah, Oscar. And when will she lose? Do you, who do you think will ever beat her? Do you I think, think it's anybody? I think she's winning the championship. And for her to lose, it's going to, it'll probably be. To Ronda Rousey. Uh, Ronda Rousey. Down the line. But I think the money match isn't Ronda Rousey and Asuka. I think it's Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. Mm. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's the names. It's the names. Like- At the end of the day, Asuka is like this Japanese force, un- unbeatable, amazing technician. But when it comes to talking the talk, mm-hmm. I think Charlotte is on a level right yeah. now in the women's division. Well, and I just think the size difference between the two, like... Yeah. Charlotte's got the size on her and like Charlotte's got the size on Charlotte's a you she's know a beast. She's she's big. Yeah. Like she's what she's gotta be six two, six three, six, six something like six two compared to Alexa Bliss who's five feet. Oh yeah. You know, are you kidding me? Like she looks like a giant. She's, she's bigger than most of those I think the only woman that's bigger than her is Nia Jax. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Nia's huge right now. Right. And there's not a lot of you know, like she's she's the Braun Strowman of the women's division, right? Yeah. Although they're giving her difficulties as of late. That was kind of weird. I don't know if you saw that crying segment after. Oh, yeah. I was, was like, what's going on with What are you crying for? <laughs> I know. I know. Were, and I, those tears were too real. I know. And I'm a fat guy. <laughs> so I'm doing fat jokes to her. I'm like, oh. I was like, so right now somebody's like eating fries in front of her. And she's like crying because she can't have any. You know? And I know that's really mean. But I, I'm, I I'm, a, I'm a fat person. That's all I got is just fat jokes. That's all I got. But at one point, I was like, I don't even understand the segment anymore because it. of these tears. Like, yeah, it's too much. Like, I, I guess they're going with Alexa Bliss. Like, okay, this is going to be the breakup of their, of their friendship or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But Nia Jax crying like that. I don't. I was expecting, oh, maybe crocodile te- tears. And then she turns around and like beats her. Yeah. Uh, beats Which her I would have loved. Yeah. 
But uh, nope, they just cut it right <laughs> right before she went to grab a tissue. I it's hard to figure out what they're going to do. Like, yeah. it's hard to, you can't make sense of the storylines because there's no purpose. And sometimes they'll do them right. Like, so far with the Kurt Angle, uh, McMahon, Helmsley, uh, Rousey thing, I think everything they've done is right so far. Yeah. The crowd seems to be 100% behind it. And so, as long as I mean, as they although you always up, have marks that complain about all this of stuff. Of course, right? you know, but they. Triple H got to write himself in. Yeah. Dude, Triple H's been. <laughs> these, are the, these are the same people. A staple people. of the company from 1992. Like, relax. They're the same people that get upset over every Star Wars. They're the same yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, this is what they do. It's like, why not enjoy the positive things that you can find in it? If 100%. you don't like the negative things, just don't watch them. Yeah. Or don't, you know? don't comment. Like, whatever. you know, like nobody says negative stuff about 205 live because they just don't watch no. <laughs> no but there's a lot of negative things to say about it like oh yeah you know like the fact that you know ah, i don't let me you start. Don't, oh yeah me neither like I, there's so I many great Jenna, like, Jenna, i don't even jen Two watches ones. 205 live sometimes what i'll catch her because we have the network song. yeah and when there's nothing to watch i just like even if i'm like it's on the computer mm-hmm. i have the background yeah. jen doesn't like uh as she calls old wrestling, which is what I love. Like I love seeing like a documentary. How on many times do you have to watch a documentary about the Monday Night Wars? It's it's enough. It's on loop. It's not me that's there's, choosing the program. There's literally there's actually, five uh, different documentaries about that. I know. No, actually, twenty there's, episodes. There's okay. Yeah. There's there's the two there's the two volume twenty episodes of the Monday Night Wars DVD sets. I stand corrected. And then there's an actual DVD, yeah. the Monday, Monday Night, Night Wars. Wars. And then there's all the the Attitude Era, which is technically the Monday, Monday Night, Night Wars. Wars. It's they glorify that era because that was their biggest era ever. Biggest money for both companies, biggest competition, the biggest superstars came out of that era. The closest they've come to it is just what they're hitting in recent years. Right. With the network success and let alone you know, a Ring of Honor, they're coming up on their 16th anniversary this week or this month, and they have their network available, and High Spots has their network available, and World of, uh, New Japan has their network available. It's like there's so many ways to watch wrestling now, and there's so much quality wrestling. We're in a, we're in a lucky time for it. Yeah, so. 100%, man. Yeah. Like, I remember watching, like, because I, I grew up in Montreal, so it was like, for me, wrestling was WWF Saturday mornings, and then... In French, we would get the NWA. Yeah. So I would watch it with French commentating, and then yeah. like they would t- like the interviews. They wouldn't be dubbed. Like you'd hear like Ric Flair, and then it'd be like oh, Ric Flair, Adzi, oh yeah, yeah. And that's how I watched the NWA. And I remember I they had it on repeat for some reason. R- Ronnie Garvin beating Ric Flair in, in a, a steel, steel cage. cage match. But that's how I was introduced to Japanese wrestling because a lot of the Japanese superstars would come through the NWA and WCW, like the Great Muda and Justin Thunderlager and and all, all, all these guys. But and or you used to get like stuff on cassettes. I remember like somebody would have like a, a cassette yeah. of like bootleg shows. Bootleg sh- yeah. shows. But now it's like everything's accessible, and it's like it's. I think it's one of the most exciting times to be a wrestling fan. Again. Yeah. And I agree totally. Like I also grew up on French wrestling because I'm uh, I'm older than you probably. I'm forty. I'll be forty five this year. I'm turning forty. So okay. So, so close. close. I watched uh, like uh, Quebec, like Montreal international wrestling. Oh, nice. Which was a Grand Prix, and, and, and like so it was like I used to watch it on French. So it'd be La Lutte Internationale, right? And I'd watch, listen to the French commentary. Eddie the Brain Creechman would be on commentary. I'd watch it all on French. 
and then after I'd watch, and then I'd watch WWE superstars, and then after that, I flipped back to the English version of La Lute Internationale, nice. where they did the English version of it, and it, all the interviews were in English now, and all this, and, and I enjoyed it just as much both ways, but um, that was very ECW indie compared to WWE, which was such a high gloss project. I mean, uh, high, product. you know, product back then that this is so raw. And so, um, you know, you can, I feel like you can smell the beer and smoke mm-hmm. right. as you watch it. You know, and Abdullah the Butcher is carving up Steve DeSalvo or Steve Strong in the ring. You can't get that over there because Junkyard Dog's selling ice cream bars right now. Right, exactly. You know, and it was, you know, and it, it, it's kind of like that now. We're in such a PG era, yet they give really great matches like the uh, two-hour match we had a couple weeks, a couple weeks oh, back on Raw. Seth Rollins. Where Seth Rollins went 65 minutes. Or, the, or you watch WWE where they're not doing anything. And then you watch, you know, uh, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. And even that is a different Jericho that you see in the WWE. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's an uncensored live Raw Jericho. I mean, no one's telling him what he can't and can't do in the ring. No, exactly. it's like a free-for-all there. And I love that build-up and I love that feud. Omega versus Jericho was probably the feud of the year as far as I'm concerned. He is such a, number one, such a talented guy, Chris Jericho. And he he knows how to get real heat when he wants to. Oh, yeah. What a heat magnet. And he will not break, which is what I love. Like a lot of these guys outside of the ring, like Chris Jericho is old school. Like he will leave press conference and he will just want to become more of a heat magnet and do like if you see the press conferences in New Japan, (laughs) he is rude to the reporters. Mm -hmm. He calls them idiots. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Yeah. He's giving the finger. Yeah. He calls one guy shithead. Yeah. And wow. like, oh, it's just like, and the Japanese people are just so, like, just so calm and everything. But then he goes off on this tangent and they're all start running. And it's, I know the sound, like, you know, it's, he's like, all of a sudden he becomes this monster. Yeah. And they're all like, oh, yeah. You know, and it's so, like, it's so funny at the same time. You know, there's a part of the match where he goes after one guy, one kid. And then he starts beating up the kid or the young boy. They call them young boys. And he's beating up one of the young boys. Which the, is, what's his name's Which the is the referee's son. son. Yeah. And he's out in the match and he's just slapping around the referee's son. And it's just like, it's so insane. And then the commentary is like, that's Red, the son red of Red Shoes. shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The referee's name is Red Shoes because all he wears is red shoes as he refs. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty entertaining. So you're like Seth Rollins. And do you have you ever got so besides Japanese live, have you went to WWE live over here? We went to the Rico Center. This yeah, Christmas. yeah, the uh, like the holiday oh, yeah? tour. Yeah. That was good. Was that, that was a good great. show? Yeah, man, we had fun. Um, we actually didn't sit together, but <laughs> we were with other people. Yeah, you know. Um, could you imagine he buys two tickets? Well, we He's had like, three tickets, what? and then uh, another comedian, Dave Merhaj, and I uh, we. W- we went to the uh, another radio show to promote one of his shows that I was on. Yeah. And then, like, they hooked it up for us to get two extra tickets. Oh, that's fantastic. So, then we ended up split. With, she sat with uh, a couple of friends of ours. Yeah. And then Dave and I sat with the two tickets we won on the other side. She, she was close to the entrance. Yeah. So, it was my job to tell the ladies I was with who are the hottest wrestlers. You know, because they weren't yeah. wrestling fans. So, they're yeah. like, what's in it for me to watch? Yeah. And, and, and Seth Rollins and Randy Orton are two... I agree. They're two of the hottest wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, Bod's hot. Uh, I've never seen Randy Orton naked, 
but I've seen Seth Rollins naked. Oh, and yeah, it's I've like, seen that too. And it's very upsetting. It's like, you have to be that perfect. <laughs> like, you can't. Like, come on, man. You got everything and you got this too. And then, uh, but, but Randy Orton, you can, you can tell in his tights. And I hate the fact that I even know that, but his <laughs> shirt usually ends where the bulge begins. Right. On Randy Orton. And it's like, yeah, that's the down part about wrestling is if you're not gay, but you still are noticing the sides of guys' packages and everything. Right. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Jeez, you have I to be aware. I haven't even noticed that. You haven't noticed, but do you ever well, notice no. the size of girls' boobs or anything like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but that's like. But that's normal, right? Just a f- several inches away I mean, from their eyes. You like. You know? At, at the peckage? Sometimes there's a ball. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. The yeah, next sure. time you look at Randy Orton and he put his arms up his shirt there, do you just see where his shirt, it conveniently ends where the bulge begins. That's I all will, I'm saying. I will pay close attention. I'm pretty sure he plans it like that. It was yeah. actually a good show, but the uh, the main event was uh, Samoa Joe versus uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Samoa Joe was cut open and they just stopped the match. No! Yeah, so just like they ended it. They're, they're like... two Samoans! Two Samoans, <laughs> blood. The most, <laughs> like, That's yeah. those guys, And you get, Samoa PG. Joe was mad that they stopped. Like he, yeah. Of he, course he was. He can go for like days. Yeah. And he's, then, he's a bleeder. Yeah, I know. It's a new era, man. There's yeah. a time where they just encourage blood. <laughs> Unacceptable. I would be... Uh, did the crowd boo? Yeah. Of course they did. And I was like, whatever. That is horrible. Yeah, I can't remember what match it was, but it was on TV the other day. And uh, all of a sudden, it went to black and white. And I'm like, what's going on? Why? Why? And I oh, looked, somebody got a speckle somebody, of blood. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. Guys. Oh, Kids I remember. gotta see this. I love... I, I, you know, that's one thing I miss. I miss uh, blading. I, I know yeah. it's kind of like some, no, yeah. I miss it. Some good like, wholesome blade. Yeah, it well, brings me into it more. They could you could blade properly and safely, or they can just have you do it like Brock Lesnar will open up Randy Orton with his elbow. Yeah, like which one's more safe? One will give you a concussion. I feel the like other Brock one Lesnar's been blading in a lot of in his main events. Like he just he just doesn't care. No one can tell him anything. No, but like look, okay, so there's a great story about WrestleMania eight. Oh, let's say eight is which one has Flair and Macho? Yeah, that's WrestleMania uh, seven. That's a double main event. Seven. Uh, no, seven is Slaughter versus. Okay, so it is eight. eight. Yeah, so it's eight in Indianapolis. So they have two matches. There's two matches. One is uh, for the world title with Ric Flair versus Randy Savage, and the other is the Intercontinental title versus uh, Bret the Hitman Hart versus Roddy Piper. Piper. Now both matches have blood in them, which was uncharacteristic for that time of the uh, WWE. They had a no blood policy. Mm. Uh, a lot of times you get fined. Bret Hart. And Piper, they agreed that they would get some color during the match. And Bret Hart is a professional about it. He does it. He does it in the ring, actually, where he takes a shot in the face, but his hair is so long he can just and he has the the blade on the end of his tip of his finger. So he just takes himself up and he just cuts himself like that. So hold on, is the blade taped on his? They they they, they have a little piece of uh, the blade. And it will be on a double tape on his finger. Yeah. And he'll take one row of tape off. And then when it comes time, he just, he'll just cut his forehead and then he'll just either like get rid of the blade or, or whatever. Yeah. But Ric Flair, who has been blading himself, he loves to be bloodied in his matches because he's got blonde hair. And he, it's like his face is like the color of the sign, like just tomato red. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of his classic matches. Where his whole face is just covered in blood. Wow. Covered in crimson. Yeah. He's got a mask of crimson. But 
Ric Flair, you notice him. He's on this outside, and you can see the motion that he's cutting his forehead, and then he's leaving the blade, and he's not like Bret Hart kept the blade on his mm-hmm. fingers and then got rid of it on the way back to the match. So when they get backstage, Piper and Brett, like, Piper starts, I'm sorry for punching you so hard or whatever. I didn't realize. And then Brett's like, they're acting. They're working the room, like, so they don't get fined. Fined, yeah. Which Flair got fined $150,000 or something like that for blading himself during the match. Yeah. Yeah. And then they would, again, Brett Hart would, with Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13, with a no blood effect, policy in effect, he told Stone Cold, he's like, you're going to have to get some color in this match to get it over because... The idea was Stone Cold was going to pass out because of pain of the sharpshooter. Yeah. And what happened is they chose to get some color and uh, they created a moment in the Attitude Era that would be marketed as this as the main picture of Raw in the next five years of Stone Cold, like doing a push up where he's just bleeding from his face and he's covered in blood. They made and a t-shirt out of that. They made too. a t-shirt out of it. Like they marketed out of... An incident that was never supposed to happen, mm-hmm. they took advantage of it, and they marketed that thing, and they made a lot of money off it. Right. Because well, that's when they became the Attitude Era, and they're like, okay, we're going a whole different direction. And a lot of great things about the Attitude Era, but a lot of stuff I go back and I watch, and it's just like, you know, a lot of people could be me too just by being in the Kiss My Ass Club with Vince oh, yeah. Man. Like, it's I mean, just there's a that, lot of inappropriate things happening. There's that whole uh, segment where uh, Vince McMahon was having an affair with Trish Stratus. And then, like, she's trying to turn him against Stephanie. Yes. And then he, he literally, like, he goes, you think I'd leave my daughter for a dirty whore like you? And he has a mop. And he starts mopping her, like, with dirty water in the I don't know if you remember Yeah, this. no, no, I it's, do remember. It's... Trish Stratus it's has one of the a, most like back then. I was like, "This is crazy." No, <laughs> and see, Trish Stratus has had a great career of great matches and everything that a lot of people remember, but she's also had a career of just putting up with a lot of bullshit, right? Like in the WWE that they made her do, like the bra and panty stuff and all this stuff, and just all the, the kiss your ass club that what you're talking about. The fact that his wife is in a coma in the vegetable in the his wife is in the wheelchair and he's making out with Trish Stratus in front of the wife and stuff like that. It was no, no, it was like totally inappropriate. Yeah, and talk about you were, we're trying to solidify the fact that Vince McMahon is the worst human <laughs> on the face of the planet and. He's succeeding. Like, he was doing oh, the yeah. job. You believe that he was the biggest villain. And for 10 years, and still to this day, he still is the biggest villain in wrestling. Right. So, you know. Oof. I did not watch those years. You do not want to watch those yeah. years. Those The women's wrestling started to get better. But all the backstage stuff. Backstage no. stuff was terrible. But I feel like the women's wrestling at that point was like, it was getting better. And then it, it took this hit. When they started, when they were like, you know what, guys, you're not gonna be women anymore. Yeah. We're gonna call you divas. Yes, and let's and let's give you this Barbie championship for you to all fight over. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> the whole like the the beginning of the Bella Twins and like well, there was Michelle Kelly McCool, Kelly and Michelle McCool, Layla, Layla that I, I couldn't take it. Like I would not want to watch any of the matches. Well, I thought in that era. Lay Cool was good when they teamed up, Layla mm-hmm. and and Michelle uh, Michelle McCool. I thought they were good together. I like how they freebirded the title. They split right. the title. So there was stuff that they did that I liked. But aside from that, that era, like 
Kelly Kelly was just like these are people that are just there for bra and panty matches right, and, and, and mud wrestling like, matches, and it's just like you know it's boring. It's just I don't. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm here for. I mean, now point, that you can we, see, we would call the matches uh, when we would watch pay per views with my friends or we'd go live events. We're like, oh, bathroom break, and we break, would like yeah. leave. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. No. Now it's now, like oh the thing God. I want to watch. You look at earlier last year, Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair on the Monday Night Raw, going to the main event. That was one of the best main events I'd seen on Raw all year, and especially where she put Sasha Banks through the the rail in the in the crowd, and then. Like yeah. brought her back, like oh my god, are you kidding? Like, look at they, like the fact is that we're now in a generation where the women can go. Like, I thought the women's elimination chamber was better than the men's elimination chamber, and I thought the women's Royal Rumble, Rumble. Yeah. was f- way far and beyond better than the men's Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Right, and this is the era that we're in now, where the women can have these matches, and they're not piss breaks anymore. And I think it's fantastic. And that's why I'm able to look back at the Attitude Era and just say, what a waste of so much talent. talent yeah. And, uh, really you know, I'm, roster, that, we're that lucky point. that we're where we are, you know? In, yeah. in, 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 I feel like they honored that, though, with the Royal Rumble. Like, uh, Trish Stratus, when she came out, she was, like, so well-received. She Trish killed Stratus it. was in the one God. of the best oh, shapes my God. of her life. I couldn't fantastic. believe how she, fantastic she looked. She looked like her action figure. She literally looked like yeah. she came out. Her she struck a amazing. pose. Her tights were amazing. Her face, her face, hair. her body, her hair, everything was amazing about her. And then she came in. You know, when Lita would come in, she'd be stop and go, stop and go. You know, she'd get her moves in, but it, there's, there's no, there was no fluid. fluid. I don't think Lita's in but, the shape you know, that Trish is in. No, these Trish days. is a but yoga. When you see Trish, she's like a yoga instructor. Yes, like that. well, we know that because we yeah. live in Toronto. We know all <laughs> oh, that <yeah>. stratosphere, <laughs> but. You know, uh, she's that yoga has kept her in such. She just had a baby a year I ago. Know. Yeah, are you kidding me? Her and yeah. Beth Phoenix both and, had babies a and year Brie, ago. Uh, Bella and Brie Bella, yeah, just had a baby yeah. less than mm-hmm. a year ago, mm-hmm. and it's great. Phenomenal. And the Bellas are, you know, I think they're decent wrestlers now. You know, yeah. like plus I've invested a lot of time in watching divas and also, total Bellas. Oddly enough, I don't know if you feel this way, but I blame. Brie Bella for diffusing the Yes movement. Like, because when he was away, she kept doing yes. Yeses. Yeah. And I felt that she she tarnished it with, by doing it. I I always felt that she, it wasn't hers to do. Like, yes, you're da- this is your husband, but you're making it like this guy, like, we love Daniel Bryan because he's not the biggest guy, but he is the wrestler's wrestler and what his business in the ring is unlike nobody else's at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just always felt that she did. I don't know if you ever felt like that. Well, she took his moveset as well. Right. So, she immediately started using her the moveset, but yet I've never seen Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan go Brie mode no. in any of his matches. <laughs> You know, jumps up on the ropes and Primo. Primo is when she's drunk, by the way. Yeah, I know. Like, why does <laughs> I, she yell it in the middle of the so, ring so in her hold match? On. Is she basically, was she stealing her man's material? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. She started yeah. doing, emulating her man in, in her act. I don't like that. She's doing her version. Well, different rules than stand up. There's a lot of borrowing mm, in wrestling right. over the years. Like, Chris Jericho is one of my favorite guys, but I can tell you time and time again, where he's taking catchphrases from other areas of pop culture mm-hmm. because it seems like we're the same age and we have all the same interests. 
So when he comes out and he's like, look at all the people here tonight, I was like, well, that's David Lee Roth. And I know you know that. Or uh, when he first started his band Fozzie, he named himself Mongoose McQueen. And that was actually uh, the name of a Hot Wheels car that was silver. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And I was like, I, I know that because we're the same age. So I'm like, and I wanted Mongoose to call him McQueen. on him, Mongoose McQueen, which I think is also a tribute to Steve McQueen as well. Right. It was like an older silver, like road, you know, mm-hmm. big mansion car, but things like that all the time. Or Chris Jericho would come in and say, I'm the Ayatollah of rock and roll. I'm like, well, that's Buck Zumhoff from AWA, which you know, cause it was in Winnipeg, you know, like there's so many things that he's borrowed over the years, but I've never, and then moves sets and everything I mean, else. Like, it, but do you think common. that's borrowing or paying homage? I mean, some would say like, like a lot of people, like a lot of old, old wrestling fans will be like, you know, Ric Flair took everything from Gorgeous George or Buddy Rogers. Sorry. Buddy Rogers. Yeah. 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 And it was just like, yeah, but he also made it like 1980s and limousine riding. And it's like, I look at uh, Buddy Rogers and I'm like, I don't see Ric Flair. Like I see like what he took Mm -hmm. from him, but he definitely, Mm -hmm. it's like nothing in wrestling is really brand new. So it's like you take things and you make it your own in no. some sense. And not only that, like Gorgeous George and Buddy Rogers, those guys inspired everybody. Like Gorgeous George is that famous story about Ali going into the radio station as Cassius Clay when he was Cassius Clay and he met Gorgeous George and Gorgeous George said, don't ever stop running your mouth. And he's like, and remember when you go to sell a fight to be in character because that's the, you know, that's what they want to see. If you can, if you can run your mouth so much that they want to see you get beat up, then you're going to put asses in seats. Right. Like Muhammad Ali is the greatest of all time. Heel champion. But he, but <laughs> yeah. all he did was take wrestling philosophy and apply it in boxing and in real life. And all he did was run his mouth and run his mouth right. and say he was the mm-hmm. greatest over and over and over again. That's like every wrestler. Which is like what Conor McGregor is doing now in the UFC. Well, Conor McGregor just wants to be Ric Flair so bad. Right. Like with the aviators and the suits. And but now Mayweather is going to go into the UFC and fight him. In oh, uh, wow, he's, it's happening this summer. That's insane. These guys. He's going to the probably, money that we're giving these two guys to see these expositions is unbelievable. And uh, you know what? It'll probably be a close fight as well because um, they want another rematch. Right. Like the the boxing match was wrestling to begin with. Like. You know, it's like, come on, there's no way Floyd, he should be able to knock him out. He's a f- pro, but he's not going to knock him out because there's no money in it. No. If he knocks him out, then there's no rematch. You know, or he, he could be like, oh, I want to go in the MMA, you know, but yeah, what are you going to do? What's uh, What do you think is going to happen in WrestleMania? Are you excited about WrestleMania? We're on the road to WrestleMania right now. Um, Patrick's actually returning from his bachelor party weekend straight into WrestleMania. Yes. So, there's going to be a lot of body odor in my house and a <laughs> lot of... <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I mean... Where, and where are you coming from from your... Uh, We're going from... to a, like a log cabin in Quebec. Like okay. Two, three days. Yeah. Just... Tapping maple trees and... Uh, yeah, just... So, yeah, I wasn't going to say tapping ass. I'm learning no. maple tree. It's a log cabin. Um, maple trees. Yeah. But yeah. I'm excited, man. Like, a lot of people are like, a lot of people are frowning like, oh, Roman Reigns. Again, I'm like, well, who else? Who else? Mm-hmm. Like, the the only other person I saw in that main event against Brock Lesnar was John Cena or Roman Reigns. Like, yeah. Who else are you going to give it to? No. You know what? It's like, it's no point. 
And it's I like just, Roman Reigns. I'm, I, I'm going to say that on this podcast. You can say it. I like Roman Reigns, and nothing put him over than the day after he beat The Undertaker for me, and he was being booed so loudly, and he just wrote, this is, he just said into the mic, this is my yard now, and whipped them. I was like, you're amazing, bro. Yeah, I don't want The Undertaker back. No. Everybody's I, like, everybody's like, uh, Undertaker, I'm, I'm, no. See The Undertaker. I'm like, no, I don't want to see that. I don't even want the entrance. I don't want his entrance. Give me another woman's match. That's 15 minutes 100%. long. Instead of his 20-minute fucking entrance that makes me snooze. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sorry to all the Undertaker fans. And I just want to go on record old. here. It's I time. am a, I love the Undertaker, but he's at the end of his career and it's like you got to hang the boots, buddy. Yeah. Like it's it's no one wants to see somebody be a f- former like shell of themselves in the yeah. ring. I don't want to see it. I'd rather see the people that are there now. It's their time to shine. Let somebody else do year one of their 22, 23 year run. All the complaining. It's like they've built this story beautifully because this is a rematch from WrestleMania 31. With no interference from Seth Rollins. Right. Yes. Which was an amazing thing that happened. And that, that was night. an amazing WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great WrestleMania. And like, from what I understand, I think Brock is leaving again. Yes. So. He wants to go back to UFC. Right. But, of course, his contract's up. So, of course, he's going to say that. It's in his best interest <sighs> to renegotiate a new contract. As much as I hate that he, he he can do whatever he wants, there is, like, when he's in the ring, it's exciting. There's something exciting about him Well, you know what? In a I, match. I say this time and time again on the show. Not a lot of guys sell as good as Brock Lesnar. No. He, he's the way he sells, like... And I noticed this. I never noticed Brock selling until he wrestled Goldberg at Survivor Series. And when he took that spear and he sort of like gets up and he sort of like, ha ha, it shakes it off. Like just the way he sold that spear. And then he takes that next spear and you're like, oh boy. <laughs> um, he truly is the best. Like he's so good. Yeah. And for me, like I bought, I tell Jen this, like for me, you can talk the talk. You can have an amazing move set, but for me, what makes you the best is selling. If you can make me believe that you are hurt or your leg is injured from all the, the moves that this other guy gave you, that's big for me. And that's why, like, for me, like, Shawn Michaels will always be number one. 100% because, because selling, they're selling. Sasha Banks, her selling oh my God. is unbelievable. Yeah. She... I can feel everything that happens to her in that ring. She takes, everybody gives her trouble for taking really nasty bumps. Right. But it's like, is there any part of her that's like, that maybe she is taking it that way on purpose? Like, cause that's, I don't know. But sometimes you see some of those bumps, like her last suicide dive, her toe got tripped up. And oh yeah. Made her fall like really quickly. And you're like, Jesus. But she still gets up and goes. Like she, I can't imagine being that tough. She's I tough, cannot man. not put my body through. No. I like. I'm like. I get a hang now. I can't go to work. <laughs> I'm like in tears. Like, oh my god, get me some peroxide and a needle. I have to operate. You know, it's uh, the pain that they go through. I can't. I can't even fathom. Yeah, week after week. It's yeah, or like not even week after week because they still have, they work five nights a week. Uh, you know, they do five shows a week. So, like, even on the night the SmackDown's off on Monday night, they're in another town running a mm. different show when Raw's on. I'm going to see the SmackDown crew April 30th. Um, I'm bringing my buddy Jason Harper and his two kids. And then I'm going to do a podcast the next day with them because it'll be their kids' first live event. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And the kids, they aren't really that into wrestling. They know wrestling. 
But I was like, why aren't you guys into wrestling? They're like, well, you know, because their dad's not really into it. That's why. I was like, well, you guys need to get into wrestling. <laughs> so we're all going to wrestling. And they know who John Cena is. They know. But just the spectacle of it. Like, if these kids aren't impressed, I'm not doing my job as uh, their dad's friend. Right. You know? So They're going to be impressed. Like, live shows are just like. Are so entertaining. Yeah. You get to heckle. You get to yell whatever you want. I'll be like, oh, yell whatever you want. What do you want to yell at that guy? Yeah. Give me something. I'll yell it at him. <laughs> and then they'll, they'll say a slander. I'm like, no, I can't do that. Give me something like, <laughs> give me something like you smell like rotten eggs. Or like your hair's too long. You smell like rotten eggs. And then everybody's like, how old is that man? <laughs> 45. I remember the first time Just Raw came, one of the girls Raw up on was your in Montreal. Yeah. I think, or SmackDown came during the, the ecw wcw versus wwe wars and it's like the first time smackdown was on since like in montreal like a live tv event since like the 97 mm-hmm. survivor series and i got tickets in the second row and i lost my voice in a dark match screaming at chuck palumbo to cut his fucking hair and yes. i just couldn't <laughs> and i was like done for the rest of the and That's he funny. was like shook because it was so close and he was just like kept like looking at me oh um, yeah I remember yeah. uh, I saw a Lucha Libre match once in uh, Guadalajara, Mexico. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's it's something else there in a, yeah. in a no, no, it's different really intense. country. Um, it's, they're the exact opposite of Japan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're like, they, oh, they want to stab like, they're someone. They're going to murder somebody. There's, yeah. there's uh, guys screaming in front of us, Hey, Rafferty, chinga tu madre. And so we're like, ha, what does that mean? It's, it's fuck your mother. Yeah. Hey, ref, fuck your mother. So we're like, oh, can we swear on this? <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, sick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're just screaming right in there with them. I remember one of the one of the wrestlers, one of the one of the luchadors, whatever, was um, this guy named Huero Loco, which means like the crazy blonde. So yeah. he, he was a white guy, like a white Mexican, you know. And he had this like um, mankind thing going on, mm-hmm. and like he had this like head on a rope that he brought out. He was Ooh. crazy. So that was, I think that was kind of borrowed heavily See, from from mankind. But he also borrowed that from uh, Hansel, Al Snow. Oh, Al Snow. Head. I thought he would be like Hansel. Oh, like he's just some. I don't know. He's, <laughs> I just watched Zoolander last week. He's like, hey, look up here. Yeah, you know? but, no, but, the, no, but seriously, like Al Snow used to bring a head to the ring. Yeah, and he would like talk to it like it was like his Telling girlfriend or do. like kind of like. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and then and then and the WWE would make up a song that says, "What does everybody want?" And head. everybody would hold it up and be like, "Head," and it's like <laughs> that was during that most tasteful times. That was. Yeah. yeah. What does everybody need? Head. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's true. But, you know, uh, whether you want to yell it out at a PG, it would never happen anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. That happens every now and again. Is like when you the fans want to yell out bullshit or, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, and I'm against swearing at, at wrestling matches because the kids are there, right? So many kids. It's not so the many same kids. anymore. And a lot. Ryan McClellan has had to, like, elbow me a couple times. He'd be like, I'm like, you fucking. He's like, hey. And the little kids beside me, I'm like, you right. freaking buddy. You know? <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. So, let me ask you this, though. Yeah. Because uh, back in, like, the Attitude Era, like, you you know. There was a lot more signs in the audience. Yes. What's yeah. up with the less amount of signs now? Just uh, b- not enough ad- well, adults that don't want to make signs anymore. And uh, 
it's just not being a, it's not being passed down. I don't, and a lot of maybe and maybe a lot of signs they do confiscate signs yeah. that are going in. Mm-hmm. Right, they ask you to see the sign. Right, they ask you for the significance of the name on the sign. Right. They don't want you promoting anything else, really. Yeah. Um, and I know this because the Raw After Survivor Series in Toronto, I had my sign uh, prominently uh, placed by Sasha Banks in a match and by Goldberg. I was. Big enough and tall enough to get my sign on. And also, I, you have to go heavy on the font. Mm-hmm. And you have to go black marker on white. That's the right. best way to do it. And, and, like, you can't just do, like, two lines and one. You have to, like, thick, thick letters in order to get the names out. Because a lot of people just don't realize this. And a lot of you see faded signs. I've brought many signs to many wrestling many times even when i've seen it in theaters one time i brought a sign just as a joke because i'm in a theater and i thought that would be funny (laughs) hilarious but yeah i think the art of sign making just isn't there anymore Mm. and um if you're if you make signs make signs get out get them out there i I made i made a ken shamrock sign it was cut out in the shape of a heart i bought red that could have got you on camera he he was trained by the hart family so that means a lot more i knew that and the other thing i I don't think (laughs) i feel like these days wrestlers don't have the catchphrases that they used to no well braun braun Strowman has one get these these hands hands. that was one of the best things that i've heard i'm I think he's fantastic. Yeah, They've the done a great job with him. Yeah. I will say that. He's entertaining. And they didn't uh, do that thing where they sometimes, they throw in a guy in, into the fire before he's ready. They really let him grow and get better and better and better and yeah. pushed him into that main event. And it turns spot. out his personality is coming through in his character now. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, a lot of people were against the mixed match idea before it started. But it has helped uh, excel uh, certain people, like you know the the little and big, like the Braun mm-hmm. and, Alex- and Alexis. That's mm-hmm. a great tag team. Shinsuke and Natty were great together. I think the Miz and the Miz Asuka and o- are fantastic. Oscar, yeah. you know, like <laughs> they combine awesome with Oscar. Yeah. I think that's great, and it's good. It's free. So, less people are complaining about it. You watch it if you want to watch it. You don't have yeah. to. But I find... You know, they're, they're having, it looks like they're also having a lot more fun. That's what I think. Yeah. And it translates. Yeah. yeah. You know, like when a comic is having fun on stage, you know, it's a lot... It seems more natural than when they're faking fun on stage, right? right. So, although a lot of comics are really good at that too. But that's also part of the art form. As long as you make mm-hmm. it look genuine. I find a lot of similarities know? between... Uh, like, I've only been doing comedy for eight years, but... Find a lot of similarities between wrestling, everything, and mm-hmm. comedy, everything. It's, to the way you construct a match is the exact same way you would construct a set. To the way we go to some bowling alley and perform for fifteen for people, maybe for yeah. thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah. is we've, just like wrestlers at a high school hall. Yeah, like I, I when I read the books on the Hart family. You know, before I ever went out on tour at West, it's like it's naming all these roads and all these towns. Next thing you know, I'm performing in all these mm-hmm. roads and all these towns. And it's just like, wow, I've traveled the same roads right. that they've traveled on. And then, you know, it kind of blows your mind. And uh, they're very, I've always compared three jobs together and they're all creative but they're all subjective art forms and they all have extensive traveling, but they're all kind of uh, 
not really respected like they should be mm-hmm. and it's a uh, wrestling comedy and stripping <laughs> you know or, or or exotic dancing right you know these are you work your way across the country you make very little money someday you hope to make it i don't know where you make it in the in, in the stripping I feel, like the, but, I feel like stripping but you can being from montreal and I've been going to strip clubs because in Montreal, like, yeah, you are like 10 minutes away from a strip every club, strip no club. matter it's, where it's you live. It's a school field trip, really. So, yeah. I think if we started going to a strip club when we were like 14 or 15. The guy used to let us in. And I remember, like, at that time, you can tell who is a professional stripper. Yes. And who is just making yes. the rent. And there are women in there who will climb a pole, twirl. They have the strength to hold themselves upside down and come back down on the pole. Amazing. And, like, and you're like, okay, you're actually mm-hmm. a professional. Right. Stri-. Like, it's weird to say that. And you're no, like, of you, course. you make all the money. Like, and she'll yeah. be like, I'm going to Las Vegas next week. It's kind of being like yeah. a top comic. Well, we were, we were, one time I was in Edmonton, I was with another comedian. And we, and the strip joint was like two, a block down from where the hotel was. We actually shared the same hotel as the strippers. Actually, we found out later on. So one night they had their open, their open mic. Like they have amateur their night. amateur night. Yeah. So they use, you can tell the amateurs, but then they had a pro, the pro headliner that was there all week. Right. The feature dancer. She closed it off just like at a comedy night. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, you're watching all these amateurs and some are really good and some are really bad. And you're like, oh, this one was going to go play. This one will be on the circuit next week. Yeah. This one, that's our second time. You can absolutely tell. And then the, the feature comes on and she comes on to like a prayer and she lights the stage on fire and she walks through the fire and then all of a sudden the nun costume, which is all like rubber, it comes off. And, yeah. and I remember the comedian going, well, she's clearly not an amateur. Like, <laughs> and he goes, I'm, t- I'm thinking she has her own headshots, you know, like, and I just think about when I was an amateur and then I finally got headshots and you're like, Oh my God, I wonder if that's the same. Like, she's like, the, you know, the dancer comes in. She's like, I got headshots done. You're like, you haven't even had your purse, your first showcase yet, you know, <laughs> and there's like your know, trash talk from the back of the room. I just, those jobs are so much alike. Totally. I know. And wrestling is right along the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Subjective art forms, even to the way you build your set and you build your routine and you build the parts where you want, because all are done for immediate reactions and all are done. And and there's a heckling from the crowds mm-hmm. and all three of them right. as well, where it seems socially accepted to heckle all three of these as, as they can incorporate it in their act. And it's kind of like, you know, comedy, it's like the more bad rooms and bad situations you do daily, you you get stronger in it. You learn how to manipulate these situations in your favor after a while. Like, and I feel like the best wrestlers can manipulate any crowd into. Yeah. John Cena will get booed, but the way he spins it is amazing. Also, The Miz is one of the best manip- crowd manipulators yeah. in the business right now. And I think that guy, just want to go on record here. That that guy uh, deserves a lot more than he's getting right now, in my opinion. Like, I know he's, like, the IC champ. He might be the longest reigning soon. But I would like to see that guy uh, get a world title. Another world title. title. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree totally. You know, and, like, maybe a clean, not necessarily a WrestleMania title match or anything. But, you know, like, he did win the title off John Cena at WrestleMania. Right. It doesn't get any bigger than that. Now, The Rock interfered in that match. But, wait, The Rock was in your match and you still came out champ? That's a huge deal. Absolutely. And he will remind you that of all, all the oh, time. For sure. <laughs> and rightfully so. 
Because if I did that, I would be fucking throwing. Look at like I've been using that Brantford comedy credit that I won ten thousand dollars on ever since I won it, and I'm probably going to be using it until um you know. It's like Jericho. until somebody else wins it next year, and then I'll stop using it. It's like Jericho. Sometimes it's still slide that he beat The Rock in Austin in one night. All the time, the first undisputed heavyweight champion ever. So many people couldn't beat The Rock or couldn't beat you know, let alone the same night. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. We're done. We uh, thank you for coming by. Oh man, thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, uh, talking wrestling with us. Um, It's been a fun show getting to know you and. uh, and yeah, that's awesome. so awesome. You got to go to Japan and got to go to a match in Japan. Cause like, I got friends that think about like, are we going to go to the Tokyo Dome this year to see Wrestle Kingdom? And it's just like, Dude, man, and it's cool. Like, you can go to 7 Eleven and buy your tickets there. That's and, insane. And buy your beer outside and bring it in. Yeah. That's also cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, my God. Like, in, in, in America, you have to buy it all stickets, ticket stub now because. You get screwed by Ticketmaster, so, you know, it's horrible. Um, what do you guys have coming up show-wise? What's going on with you, and uh, where can we find you online and such? Uh, I will be at Absolute Comedy Toronto March 15th to 18th, and then the following week at Absolute in Ottawa. Um, and pretty much, I guess I just post anything I want to, you know, want people to know about on uh, Instagram, at Jen Sacato. Awesome. And then I, I'm going to be in Sudbury this Saturday with uh, Nick Reynoldson. Fantastic. Uh, also be at the corner. And then uh, I just, uh, for people from Montreal, uh, June 28th, 29th, and 30th, I'm headlining the Comedy Works, but I'll also be uh, my EP release party, Patrick Akeem, made in Montreal. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. You know where to find us at TNW uh, Pod on Twitter, Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Talking Wrestling, Facebook, Talking Wrestling, and Gmail, Talking Wrestling. It's all about Talking Wrestling. And if you want to find Casey Corbin anywhere out there, uh, I'm uh, comedian Casey Corbin on Instagram, Casey Corbin on everything else. Uh, lots of shows coming up for me as well. We got, uh, I'll be out at the Laugh Shop in Calgary at the end of this month. I'll be hitting Regina and Saskatoon early April. Um, I will be, uh, then on tour with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And then I will be in the Absolute Comedies in Ottawa and Toronto later. And Kingston also in May and uh, April and May. Uh, busy time and uh, a lot of great shows coming up for you, for, for us in comedy and for you here on Talking Wrestling. Uh, thanks for letting me put a headlock on your ears for a little bit. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Peace. Nice. Peace. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.